This is the Christian Without Religion Network, and I'm your host, Larry, bringing you the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth with the help of God. It's a Wednesday edition, so we're going to answer a couple of questions. One will be a Bible-related question. One will be a more general life coaching question today. Get a piece of paper and pencil out. Write down the, the note. Take some notes. Read it. Write it. Hear it. See it. It'll help you to remember it. If you've got questions or comments, you can send them in to us to be addressed on the program, or I can get back to you individually uh, with some answers or even do some life coaching if you'd like, one-on-one or with couples or with groups. Get a hold of us here at Christian Without Religion. It's uh, The email is Larry. W. Manning, the number one at gmail.com. The uh, Facebook message uh, you could do at Christian Without Religion or wherever you listen to these podcasts, there should be a little button you could scroll down, tap the button, leave a 60 second voice message. Love to get back to you. If you got prayer requests, we'll pray with you and for you and uh, and be thankful for things with you. Uh, it can be anonymously, what's prayed here stays here, or we can share it across the network if you'd like to do that as well. So get a hold of us. I'll give you those contact points at the end of the program. Uh, and we want you to become. We want to become your healthy grace addiction. Uh, we want to uh, have you invite your friends and family here to the Christian Without Religion Network. You can join us live on video Tuesday nights, seven thirty p.m. Eastern, for a live Bible study. Uh, Monday, Wednesday, we do a Q and A type of program, or like a radio program, like we're doing today. And on Thursday, I'll begin to do uh, a message, more traditional message, like you might hear at a church fellowship if I were behind the pulpit, about twenty minutes or so to help you through the weekend. Practical teaching from uh, God's Word, the Bible. That'll be on Thursdays. Um, Today, we're going to have two different topics. Uh, One is, what does the Bible say about tattoos and uh, body piercings? Very practical question. I get that a lot. And we have a lot of folks uh, in today's world, obviously, that that's popular with. So what's the Bible have to say about that? And then we're going to start today with our uh, coaching segment or a coaching section here. And uh, by the way, our coaching segment is brought to you by CMI, Coaching Mission International. CMI is multiplying coaching for missions by providing leadership coaching to mission leaders around the world. So they're equipped to more effectively disciple the nations. If you'd like more information, you can go to coachingmission.com. Our question in the uh, coaching segment today is, how can I be a better, whether it be spouse, parent, boss, employee, student, how can I improve? I I need to get better. I'm stuck. I'm in a rut. How do I break through? That's the popular phrase nowadays. How do I break through to another level? Get a piece of paper and pencil out. I'm going to answer this in a very general way today. If you were my client and we were meeting one-on-one in your particular area that you're looking for improvement or breakthrough, I would listen, of course, get all kinds of information from you. We would come together and get a six-step success plan. Uh, And it would be based on this, this basic outline. You can use this and apply it, put it into your life, and uh, use it right now. How can I be better? How can I improve as a spouse, a parent? and a boss, an employee, a student. So we're going to look at the big picture, the macro of it. If you'd like to do one-on-one coaching, get a hold of me. We can do that. Well, the answer, I think, one of the keys is modeling. No, not uh, uh, runway fashion modeling. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about modeling of behavior, observing behavior of someone else, and then imitating that behavior. Uh, There's a phrase, act as if. Uh, You look for someone or you should be a role model to someone as well. But if you're looking to improve an area, be better, 
you want to be succeed in an area, look for someone as a role model. It's not unlike in the Bible where the uh, uh, different rabbis took disciples like Jesus did. And they lived together and they modeled their life and followed him and really tried to imitate him in all the right ways. It used to be in the olden days, uh, apprenticeships the same way. If you want to learn a skill, you would apprentice with someone who is a master and you would master their techniques. And of course, you'd make it your own over the years. But uh, as a newer person in that area, you would master what they do and master their habits and train with them and you would be their apprentice. Now, when I talk about acting as if, you know, finding a role model and act as they would, I'm not talking about, you know, denying your current reality. I'm talking about looking beyond your current reality to what is possible. What if on the other side? In other words, if you want to be a healthier, a healthy person, well, how do healthy people act? What are the things they do? And then act as if you're them. If you'd like to be more financially fit, well, ask yourself, what do financially secure uh, people do? How do, uh, what are they, how do they act? Act like those people. If you want to be a better spouse, better parent, better boss, better employee, better student, you need to find people who are better in that particular area, whatever it is, and you can be very specific. And then uh, how to ask yourself, how do they act? Write down specifically, what do they do? What are their habits? And then act as if you're them. See, there's a big difference between knowing something and doing something, and it's the action, acting as if, that makes the difference. See, information without application equals frustration. You may know what to do, but if you're not doing those things, you're not going to have results. We know that's true in every area of our life. You may know what you need to eat less and move more and sleep better and drink more water and uh, have less junk and you'll be healthier and you'll maybe lose some weight. But until you take those actions, you don't have results. So, uh, act, it's, you know what? This act as if has been around for, oh, 150 years in psychology, but it's been around since the beginning of time. As I mentioned, even biblically, you had uh, disciples who were apprentices of somebody, uh, of a teacher and of a leader, uh, uh, of a leader. And it exposes and it explains a real paradox in life. And that is this. In life, you get what you want when you stop wanting it. I know that sounds goofy. You, you stop the wanting and you act as if you already have it, then you receive it. Now, the scripture talks about this. You know what? You get what you want in life, the Bible says. You get what you need by focusing on other people's needs. When you take your mind and your focus and your thought off yourself and put it on to others, then you find that those things that you needed are provided. Isn't that a paradox? And that's what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about getting what you want when you stop wanting it. You start acting as if you already have it and taking those actions and believing it and thinking it. Now, let me give you a personal example here. And he listens sometimes. I don't know if he'll listen. He's back at college right now. But my son, Jonah, my son, Jonah is a highly successful junior golfer. He's currently a collegiate golfer and doing a very good job. And he'd like to be on the PGA Tour someday. And I, we're always, I'm always telling him as I coach him mentally, he's got a swing coach and people that have more expertise in the specifics of golf. He's, he's way advanced in the specifics of golf. That's not where I help him. I try to help him with his thinking. And I say, well, what would a tour pro do? Or think of the best. What would Tiger do? See, you can't live an extraordinary life if you're living out ordinary habits. I'll say that again. That was pretty good. <laughs> You can't live an extraordinary life if you're living out ordinary habits. So I'm always telling Jonah, have fun, man. You're at college. You need to lighten up a little bit. He, he's kind of like me, a little uptight. And you have some fun, relax, enjoy, uh, but not too much. You have a choice. We have the same 24 hours in a day, 168 hours in a week, and you have a choice. If you really want to be the best of the best, top one-tenth of 1% in the world, you've got to, as Dave Ramsey says with money, you've got to live like no one else right now so later you can live like no one else. You know, you ask yourself if you want to be the best of the best. What would TB12 do? 
What would Peyton Manning do? You know what they do. What are the best do? And and we're talking about athletes here. The best go to bed a little earlier. They eat a little bit better and more intentionally. They practice a little smarter. They're the first in, the last out if it's a team thing and they're a leader. They schedule their life a little tighter, a little more purposefully than most people do because moments become hours, uh, become days and weeks and months and years, and that's what creates our destiny. See, they make more practice putts if they're a golfer every day and every week. They hit more wedges every day and every week. They study a little more film every day and every week. That's how you get to where you want to be. You have to act as if. If you were one of the top 10 in the world, uh, what would your life be like? And then start acting in that way. Now, this follows a, a pattern, folks. We talk about it all the time here, and this is very biblical. Uh, uh, because as a man thinks, so is he, that it says in Proverbs. And this is true. See, and it, write these things down. Think like a champion. Act like a champion. Then you'll start feeling like a champion. Then you succeed like a champion. Now, I know we're talking about relationship. How can I be a better spouse or parent or boss or employee or student? So think like somebody who's great. Think like a champion spouse or a champion employee. Start acting like that great spouse or boss or employee. What would they do? Act as if. When you start thinking like someone who is very good at what you want to be good at, you start acting the way they do, then you start feeling the way they do. Your habits form. From our habits, we create our destiny. Then you will succeed. Then you'll be a champion in that area that you would like to improve in. See, your destiny, your end game, your life will change when your habits and your thinking change. Uh, you'll be a better spouse, a better parent, you know, a better boss, a better employee, a better student. Or you can be very specific. I was using golf as an example with my son. And it starts in the mind. Think like a champion. Think like someone who's very good at it. And then take action. See, a lot of times we go, well, I just don't feel like exercising, uh, Larry. Well, you, no, I'm sure you don't. You're out of shape. You have less energy. And uh, when you eat junk, you don't feel like it. If you wait till you feel like it, you'll never be healthier. So you have to start thinking like a healthy person. What would they think? How would they think? Write this stuff down for yourself. How would they think? And based on what they're thinking, how would they act? How would they order their day? What would they do with their time in their day? When you start thinking like someone is healthier and acting like someone's healthier, you know, pretty soon you start feeling like someone's healthier. And then pretty soon, guess what? You will be healthier. Now, this is not complicated. This is basic meat and potato stuff. But I think we make things more complicated than they need to be in life. We really do. I think we need to keep it simple. Uh, Things in life try to distract us. If you're uh, a believer, if you're spiritual as I am, I believe that Satan wants to keep us distracted, doing too many things, trying to juggle too many balls. No, we got to decide how many balls we want to take out of that rotation, do fewer things and do them well. And whatever area you want to succeed in in life, this is a pattern you can take. Think like someone who's very good at that. Start acting like that person acts. You'll start feeling it. And once you create those habits and do it over and over and over, a little bit, one day at a time, in time, you will be like the people that you are aiming to be. Act as if. Find a role model and start acting as if. That's how you can be a better and improve uh, as a person or, or in a particular skill or act. Well, that was our uh, Coach's Corner from the uh, CMI Coaching Mission International uh, uh, studios here. CMI Coaching Missions uh, International uh, is uh, multiplying ch- uh, coaching for missions by providing leadership coaching to mission leaders around the world so they're equipped to more effectively disciple the nations. If you'd like more information, go to coachingmission.com. You're listening to The Christian Without Religion Network, and I'm your host, Larry. Uh, get on board the grace train. Man, when grace moves in, religion moves out, and that's what we're about here. We want to be your healthy grace addiction. Cut out all the crap, C-R-A-P, Christian Rules and Procedures, and cut out all the BS, the bad studies, and the bad sermons. Keep it simple. Get in the Word of God. Hang out with other Christians. 
words and let the truth set you free. Jesus didn't come to start a new religion, but to replace religion with himself. And that's what we want to be here. We want to help you with your religion-free Christianity. Uh, So get on board the grace train. Well, the second half of today's podcast, we're going to talk about uh, the questions that have come in. And it's about uh, what's the Bible say about tattoos and what's the Bible say about uh, piercings? Uh, tattoos and piercings. What does it say? You know, tattoos are more popular than ever. So are piercings. A lot of people uh, are doing it. In fact, I think the majority are doing it now. Even people that normally wouldn't have people older in my my age bracket. It's not just for the, you know, when I was a kid, I'm showing my age now, not just for the delinquents of the rebels anymore, uh, or, or people that are just uh, rebelling uh, historically in society. No, that's not the true. Uh, it's, it's really mainstream. And it's not in and of itself, biblically right or wrong. The New Testament doesn't say anything about whether, you know, if you're a born-again believer, you should have a tattoo or not. So you can't say that it's a sin. It's not. I think it falls in that area where uh, Scripture is silent and you have to use your own uh, judgment. Uh, And it says all things are permissible, but not all things are beneficial. So here's some general principles from the Bible uh, about, say, getting a tattoo. We'll start with tattoos, then we'll go to piercings. It's going to be very similar in my answer. Ephesians 6 tells us that kids should obey their parents and honor their parents. So if you're a minor and your parents don't want you to, then it would be sinful and rebellion to get one. So there is is a boundary there. uh, the Bible talks about outward adornment and, and uh, dressing up the outside, and it's not as important as developing the inner man or the inner self. First Peter chapter 3 talks about that. So um, if you're wanting a tattoo just to get attention or to draw admiration, that's vanity. and that, That is sin. The, not the tattoo, but the motivation behind it. Uh, the Bible also says in uh, 1 Corinthians 10 that God sees the heart, so he sees our motivation. So if you're just trying to fit in or if you're trying to stand out, that falls short of God's glory, and that the tattoo is not the sin. It's the uh, motivation and the attitude behind it. Our bodies and our, uh, as well as our souls have been bought back and redeemed by God. In fact, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 6 that the, your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. So if you're a believer, uh, you have to ask yourself how much modification would be correct. Is there a line maybe I could cross or uh, where there's too many? And, and that's between you and the Lord. Uh, we're supposed to be ambassadors. 2 Corinthians 5 says we represent God in this world. So you do have to ask yourself, what message does my tattoo send? Will that help me? Uh, uh, to draw people to Jesus and they'll ask me questions about Jesus or will that put them off? Uh, the Bible says in Romans 14, 23 that if it doesn't come from faith, it's sin. So you need to be uh, convinced. You need to know in your own mind that it's God's will for you to have one if you're a believer. Uh, and uh, the Old Testament, now the Old Testament had some guidelines. Leviticus 19 says don't cut your body uh, for the dead or put tattoo marks on yourselves. Uh, and I think the, the reason they prohibited tattoos in the Old Testament uh, tattooing was a pagan practice, and it was connected with idolatry and superstition. And it was common for pagans to uh, tattoo their skin with the name of a false god or a symbol that honored an idol. And that's not what we're talking about here. So God in the Old Testament demanded that his uh, Israelite Jewish people be different. And he reminded them, I am the Lord your God. And they belonged to him, and they were his workmanship. So they were supposed to not put false gods and idols there. Now, in the New Testament, we're not under the law or Mosaic law or the Ten Commandments. Uh, but you can glean something that if a, if a Christian, a New Covenant believer, wants to get a, a tattoo, we shouldn't be doing a superstitious reason either or from a worldly uh, philosophy or just to fit in or just to show off. Uh, getting a tattoo is not a sin, but it's part of the freedom we have in Christ. But we got to ask ourselves, um, what is the motivation and what is the heart? Because that's the important thing. God sees the heart. And that's where we are, where we are here in the New Covenant. Now, what about piercings? pretty much the same thing. See, body modification and piercing and scarring and branding and cutting and mutilation, it's seen a huge uptick in recent years. Body piercing, when you put jewelry in various body parts, 
has gone beyond the earlobe now. It's in all kinds of body parts, noses and navels and uh, nipples and tongues and eyebrows and cheeks and private parts and everything else. And a lot of Christians have a piercing or two and some have more than two. And again, it doesn't specifically say anything in the Bible. Uh, so we have freedom there. What, uh, whatever. See, we have uh, all things are permissible, but not all things are beneficial. The Bible doesn't specifically address body piercing. So the same thing I said before, we got to look at our motivation. Is it for to draw attention? Is it vanity or just to fit in with the world? In fact, in the Old Testament, uh, Hebrew women uh, had earrings and had nose rings. Ezekiel 16 uh, even says, I put a ring on your nose and earrings in your ears. So God's not going to use earrings and nose rings as a symbol of beauty if, if that in and of itself was sinful. Uh, they aren't sinful. It's the motivations behind it. The same thing uh, when it uh, talks about the body and uh, being the temple of the spirit in the, in the in the Bible. You need to ask yourself, is this God's will? What is my motivation? I've got friends with tattoos that could start conversations that help them to be a witness for God. It's a cross or a picture of Jesus. It's really cool or and beautiful stuff. I'm not into it. Don't like tattoos. Never have, never will. Not my thing. But they're super popular. And they can be totally fine as long as the mind and the heart is right and the motivation is right and there's nothing inappropriate. Uh, sometimes before we become a Christian, we get tattoos and it's inappropriate stuff. And you may want to get rid of those, which is really, really painful, I understand. So ask yourself, what's my motivation for a tattoo or a body piercing? Am I just trying to identify in a subculture or fit in? Because we're supposed to fit in and find our identity in Christ Jesus if we're a believer. We're supposed to die to this life and be hidden in Christ, the Bible says. So don't succumb to peer pressure just because everybody else is getting it. And I know it's popular now and it's kind of a, an artwork, but always ask yourself, what's the motivation and uh, what, uh, why am I doing this? And uh, that's between you and the Lord. On the other hand, you cannot draw a hard line. Nobody can give you a hard judgment and uh, call it sin if you've got body piercings and tattoos. Not at all. Uh, for some, it's really nice, really cool. They like it. They find it attractive. For others, not at all. That's okay. It's a matter of opinion. It's kind of like music or food or art. Uh, it's not right and wrong. We all have different opinions on it. It's always about the heart and the motivation, though, if you're a Christian and if you're a believer. I hope that was helpful on the, what's the Bible say about tattoos and body piercings today here on the Christian Without Religion Network. Uh, well, I hope uh, this has been informative. I hope you took notes today. You can send your Bible questions or your life coaching questions to us. Love to be of help to you or pray with you or pray for you. Get a hold of us here one of three ways. You can email Larry W. Manning, the number one at gmail.com. You can hit the message voice message button wherever you listen to the podcast and leave a 60 second voice message or you can message us on our facebook page at christian without religion love to hear from you tomorrow night we're going to start a series from hebrews 7 through 10 be about a 20 minute message i'd love for you to tune in i think we may activate our youtube channel and then start it there and then put it across the network we have 12 or 14 different channels we're on now with the christian without religion network so uh, look for that message tomorrow love to hear from you hey go out there and tell everybody about the Christian Without Religion Network. We want to help you grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We want to help coach you with practical information so that you can be all that you can be. Jesus came to give you rest. He didn't come to give you a religion. So we want to cut through all the other stuff and keep it focused on a relationship with God through His Son, Jesus. Get on board the grace train. Truth will set you free. You know what I want you to do until I uh, see you next time, tomorrow night with our message podcast. Until then, go hang out with Jesus. Jesus.